Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today, we've got an awesome fireworks related pro revenge. But first, my girlfriend got an illegal Airbnb ring in her apartment complex busted. We live in a new and small apartment complex, only 40 units within two buildings. It's very low-key and within walking distance to our downtown. It's very affordable for how convenient a location it is. Back in September, we noticed the vacant unit beside us was getting moved into by a new tenant with furniture, decor, etc. One weekend, not long after moving in, we heard what sounded like a little party with music and loud voices well past midnight. We heard a lot of people coming in and out of the front door, but letting the door slam each time to where it shook the walls. Maybe they were having a housewarming party or a friend's get-together at the new place, so we brushed it under the rug as a one-off incident. For the next few weeks, we noticed a variety of people coming in and out of this apartment, and none of them seemed to be the same individuals. Parking also started to become much more busy than usual, as well as the cars kept changing, so something seemed off. My girlfriend started working night shift for her job not long after the neighboring apartment became occupied. She's a light sleeper and noticed that all throughout the morning and before going to work, the neighbor's door was always slamming and shaking the walls. She understands the people are active in the day and she can't ask people to cater to her night shift needs, but she felt the constant slamming of doors was not only disruptive, but unusual behavior. One particular morning was the straw that broke the camel's back. She had finally had enough of it because of the effect it was having on her sleep. She wanted to see who was slamming the door. She heard the door slamming around 10.30 a.m. and got up and witnessed people walking to their car with suitcases and leaving. Soon after, a man arrived and pulled up the front doormat and retrieved a key. Each time they entered or left, the door would slam and shake the wall. Seeing this, she searched the Airbnb and almost immediately found the rental unit next door. Same floor plans, wall paint, flooring, etc. To our surprise and anger, we found a total of four listings in our apartment complex alone on the host's profile. That is 10% of the apartments in our buildings. Through the listings, we found the individual's LinkedIn and business website. On his website, he claims that he does something called retail arbitrage. Essentially, this is renting out a long-term rental on short-term basis. Lease an apartment and rent it on Airbnb for profit. This can be done legally with the landlord's permission. The lease agreement does not allow for subletting or short-term rentals. They were renting out three of the four ground-end units offered, units with unique floor plans. The fourth unit was a handicapped accessible unit. That's right. This man and his business partner leased an apartment meant for accommodating people with disabilities with the intention of using it for his little short-term business empire he was trying to build. Our city and region, like in other places, have been feeling the squeeze on apartment availability, and these jerks are contributing to the problem. It was at this point that we took this personally, as we'd had our own problems dealing with apartment availability, wait lists, disappointment, and frustration. My girlfriend called the leasing office and notified them that the neighboring unit is being rented out on Airbnb, and asked if that was allowed. 
to which the office gave an emphatic, absolutely not, and asked for the listings to be sent to them in an email. Later that day, the office called her back and said they notified the tenant that they'll be inspecting the apartments the following afternoon. After the inspection was completed, the office notified that they'd sent a cease and desist docent of any rental activities outside of the lease agreement or face eviction. They also informed us that you should not have any more problems concerning the matter, and if you do, don't hesitate to give us a call. Now this jerk has four leases he's stuck paying $1,500 a month for and can't make any more money on through Airbnb. He's bleeding money at the tune of about $6,000 a month. His only legal options are to continue paying for them or to break the leases and vacate. Last week, we watched as movers emptied out the apartments. I'm sure they lost deposits or were penalized for breaking the leases. A very expensive lesson for being greedy entrepreneurs. Don't be jerks, folks. Also, don't piss off a night shifter trying to sleep. I fully understand trying to profit off of land you own, but renting an apartment just so you can re-rent it and try to make more money off of it than the people you're renting it from? Heck no. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of pro-revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is Petty Revenge on My Grumpy Cousin. I'm 38-year-old female. My cousin, 30-year-old female, is the hipster artist feminist type important for the story. We aren't close, but aside from the amazing social justice work she does, she's kind of a brat, and we don't see each other much. Last Christmas at the big family dinner, Cuz was having a bad day, so I avoided her as much as possible and used kid gloves other times. For context, I was wearing a t-shirt, thick sweater, and no bra, but despite my small boobs being more flat than normal, It wasn't noticeable, except when she walked in on me changing before dinner. After opening gifts and crackers, she was being a jerk to everyone, and my dad finally called her out on the crappy attitude. So what does she do? She yells that she's angry because I'm not wearing a bra, and a visible outline is making her uncomfortable. Spoiler alert, they weren't even visible, not even a hint of the shape. She left pretty quick and was told to apologize later. Didn't happen, but that's okay because I ordered a new shirt and I've worn it to every family event since. It's bright yellow, a ghost costumed bee placed over each boob, with boo bees printed under. It inspired the perfect look of shame and embarrassment on her face every time. Now admittedly I'm not all up on the feminist movement, but isn't the whole thing with feminist movements to be more freeing, be less restrictive? Can somebody be described as a feminist if they're disgusted that you aren't wearing a bra? This next story is, Crazy Neighbor Finally Got Told No. Bit of a long one here, but I think it's best to give the backstory. So I finally moved into my own place around 7 months ago. I was so happy. All my weekends spent working and sleeping in my mom's dining room had paid off. The lady who owned the house before me was older and moved into assisted living. Meeting her when I originally viewed the house... I can guess she was pretty quiet and passive. The first night I moved in, there's nothing in the house but flat pack boxes, me, and my pup. All's going well until it gets to bedtime and my dog can't settle in his new place. The neighbor's dog clearly didn't take well to my pup's cries and so begins a barking war. The pair of them bark and bark until 1am. Cue the crazy neighbor. The woman knocks on my door and lets me know my dog's barking. In my head, I'm thinking, yeah, so is yours. 
but I'm new to the area, so I just apologize and get back to trying to comfort my dog. The morning after, I knock on the next door and apologize again for the noise the night before. The lady gives me nothing but grief, but I brush it off. That day, I do nothing but play with my pup and get him comfortable in his new place. Now, this in itself isn't crazy, but man, this lady is persistent. A few days later, I'm in my garden and she comes to ask why my mother's bought me a house in this area. I explain to her it's my place, I bought it and I chose the area. She tells me that I would never get a mortgage, not that she knows anything about me. Again, I just brush it off. That night, she's banging on our joining wall at 9pm and shouting that I'm being too loud. This time, I'm really not. I'm not doing anything and my dog's asleep. The day after, she's at our garden wall telling me how I'm disrespectful for walking up the stairs so late at night. She tells me that my stairs are at the wrong side of the house. This time, I finally decided to say something back to her. I told her that I haven't just dropped 16000 on my own place to have her set me a 9 o'clock bedtime. She's been pretty quiet since then. She's had the odd comment to make here and there, but nothing major. Until last Thursday. Last Thursday, I'm working from home and there's a knock on my door. It's the crazy neighbor. The conversation goes, move your car, my mom's coming over. I look and my car's in front of her house, but I'm in a meeting and I don't care. Plus, there's plenty of space for her mom to park. I say, I'm not moving my car. The crazy neighbor says, why the heck not? I say, who do you think you're speaking to like that? They say, freaking you. I say, okay, bye then. Now I go and close my door and she forces it back on me and tries to come into my house. I shove her out, lock my door and call the police, the non-emergency number. She spends the next five minutes screaming at my front door for me to come back and move my car, but I just go back to work. A few hours later, the police come and speak with me, tell me I can park where I like and that if she has a problem with noise, she can make a noise complaint to them and can no longer harass me about it. They then go and speak to her. I don't know what's been said, but I haven't heard a peep from her since. Cue petty revenge. My car has not and will not be moved from the front of her house. I can work from home 80% of the time and I live so close to work that I can walk it and use the pool cars for any journeys I need. The joy I get every time I see my car in front of her house is one I can't even explain. I hope she loves seeing that little banger in front of her house every time she looks out of her window or leaves her house. Little wins, I suppose. I just hope, despite OP getting this revenge and leaving their car in front of the neighbor's house, that they still maintain their car. I mean, it would be good, obviously, to start it up fairly often, take it for a drive now and then. Leaving it sitting there is good revenge, but kind of sucks if you let your car fall apart. This next story is, my grandma gave me the idea, petty revenge at its finest. Years ago, when my husband and I got married, we had a decent-sized wedding, 100-plus people, that we paid for ourselves. Because we were still fairly young and not making a ton of money, I tried to save where I could. I hired local people and friends to do many things at a discounted price. And because I worked at a four-star restaurant slash banquet facility, I was able to talk them into doing the wedding reception for cost as long as I provided A, B, and C. Basically, we had an amazing wedding for a very low price. However, it was still a fairly large amount per person, somewhere between 70 to 20 per plate. Not too bad, but not cheap. 
Anyways, the invites go out and after a bit, the RSVP cards start to pour in. And like I said, we ended up with over 100 plus people, maybe almost 130 that would be attending. My aunt was one of those people. She RSVP'd for her, her husband, and their son, my cousin. The wedding day comes, we get married, reception time, and my aunt and family is a no-show. I noticed because I only have two. I'm irritated, but more worried something may have happened. However, the following Monday, I get a card in the mail from them with a check for $10. No apology, just signed with a small congrats statement. Nothing personal. I was so disappointed. So I call her mother, my grandma, and I tell her what happened. She instantly says, that doesn't even cover the cost of the meal she wasted when she didn't show up. What a cheapskate. It hadn't even crossed my mind at the time. Then she says the best thing ever. You know, your aunt is super OCD about her checkbook. Don't cash that check. It'll drive her mad. I didn't, and it did. It also drove my narcissistic mother crazy because she got all the calls asking when I was going to cash the check. Guess she was too embarrassed by then to call me. A win-win. The best part is I kept the check and left it inside the card. I have a habit of keeping all my cards and every once in a while I'll pull that card out and look at that check and it always makes me feel like the pettiest witch alive. It's already bad enough if you don't show up to your relative's wedding, but to RSVP for not only you but your family? And then completely no-show and then not apologize? I mean, they just checked every box on the jerk chart. Our next story is, guy wouldn't pay me back, so I took his job. Before I begin, I'd like to say I was willing to go full nuclear revenge with this, but luckily for the gentleman in this story, he resolved it after stage one of my revenge, hence the petty revenge. So a few years ago, a coworker of mine asked to borrow some money. I used to be someone that would help anyone if I could. I would find it hard to say no to a sob story and hated seeing people struggle if I could help. So I lent him 50 British pounds, but with the proviso that I would get it back in a week. A week later, I got it back and everything was good. A couple of weeks later, I got a text message off him this time. Paraphrasing here, but the gist of the message was, I need 200 pounds, got bad people after me, need to pay debt, I'll get the money back to you in a week. This time, I was more apprehensive. For me, 200 pounds was and still is a lot of money. Plus, the week after, I was going away for the weekend and needed the money. But once again, me being the trusting, helpful idiot, I agreed. Around the same time this happened, I get added to a WhatsApp group he had set up with a few other people at work. This is important later. Most of the messages were just a bit of crap posting with general other stuff, but soon this guy was adding photos and videos of him getting off his head on drugs. A couple of lines before work with the message just having some breakfast. Videos of him and his mate getting on it of a night time. This is happening most days. A week comes and goes. This may come as a shock, but no sign of my money. I started messaging him, talking to him, asking where's my money? I'm going away this weekend, guy. I need that money. I only agreed because you said I'd get it back. Each time I'd ask. If by text most times no reply, and in person I just get excuses. I can't pay for my weekend away with excuses, jerk. Fortunately, the friend I was going away with hooked me up and I paid them back at a later date. I'd been lucky in life, and this kind of thing never really happened before. 
I don't need the stress of confrontation. Unfortunately, this left me unprepared for the situation. The back and forth of where's my money and the excuses continued for several more weeks. All while this was going on, this guy was posting in that WhatsApp group of him doing drugs. I knew this jerk had money, and it was all going up his freaking nose. Word started getting out at work of the situation, the guy owing me money and not paying me. Some people called me an idiot, others said they would retrieve it on my behalf. I declined those offers. I could have informed work of his hobby, but again, I didn't want the confrontation and was still hoping to see my money. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I'm a patient person, but now I was really starting to lose my crap at this point. And what didn't help was rumors were starting to circulate that I was doing drugs with this guy at work. I'd have been working at this place for a few years with no issues. This guy had only been with the company a few months. I was done. At this point, I was thinking I would never see the money again, and now the rumors, I was royally screwed off. I started looking for a new job at this point. I didn't particularly like my job, but it was a wage and I need money to live. It didn't take long to find a new job, and while I worked my notice, I started working on my revenge. I'm not a vindictive person, but I wasn't going to let the loss of my money go. So I decided that I was going to ruin this guy's life. I was planning on taking this guy's job, car, family, anything and everything I could destroy or take away, I would. And the last part, if the police didn't get him, I knew some people willing to have a chat about the error of his ways. Remember the WhatsApp group? This guy had given me most of the ammo I needed. Plus, I knew what car he drove, and I knew he always had stuff on him. On top of all, he'd also posted videos of himself driving dangerously and speeding in the group. It was too easy. Everything I needed, all in one group he made. The revenge. Stage one of my plan was to take his job and his accommodation. I forgot to mention, work had provided him with accommodation. No job, no accommodation. This guy had taken photos and videos of him doing you-know-what and the accommodation work had provided, and it was easy to tell. Once I'd got word that stage one was complete, I started working on stage two. Turn his family against him. I'll be honest, this was a little harder for me personally. I was mad and wanted nuclear revenge, but the fallout from this would affect innocent people. But I wanted to make an example out of him. A few days before I was ready to start stage two, Guess who turned up at my new place of work looking for a job? Yes, it was the guy. 
Now, I'd heard that he found out that I was the one behind his firing from the last place. There was only a few of us in the WhatsApp group, and even a fool could work out who had a motive to pass the evidence to HR. I see him pull up in the car park and he sees me. At this point, I am fully expecting a fight. The guy gets out of his car and walks over and starts asking why I did it. I just say, that's what happens when you don't pay your debts. The guy says, I told you I'm a man of my word and I'd pay you back. I say, guy, you said you'd pay me back in a week. It's been over three months. Being a man of your word means paying on time. I told you I needed that money back in a week. I tell him that this was only the beginning and the only way to make it stop was to pay the money he owed. I did mention the WhatsApp group and hinted at what I still had planned. He then proceeds, I kid you not, to pull a wad of cash out of his pocket, count out 200 pounds, and give it to me. I agree to stop, and he just goes back to his car and leaves. I guess we both learned a lesson out of this. Honestly, I respect OP putting a stop to it because after three months of not having your money back, I feel like most people would start instating some kind of, like, interest... I think considering how long it had been, it was more than fair to want a little bit more than just the 200 they owed you, especially when you know they had it the whole time probably and were just shoveling it up their nose. Our next story is, if you let your dog run into an elevator as soon as the door opens, be prepared for my dog to commit petty revenge. There are a lot of dogs in my apartment building and we have an elevator. This one guy has the small terrier, probably 7 or 8 pounds. He always lets his dog run into the elevator, even when there's people inside trying to get out. He just makes people step over his dog, and seems to be one of those dog owners who thinks his dog is so sweet and friendly, even though it's incredibly irritating. I recently adopted a shelter dog, around 15 pounds, Reggie, a month or two ago, and he has some leash reactivity. I've been working on him with a professional trainer, and it's been getting better, but Reggie still needs a little distance. A dog running at him? Forget it. The first time or two that irresponsible dog owner let his terrier run at my dog, I tried really hard to restrain him and used my legs as a barrier between the two dogs to get Reggie out of the elevator quickly and safely. But the third time, I was very annoyed. I am sure fellow leash reactive dog owners know, when you're pulling your dog to the side and trying to calm them down, There is always some jerk dog owner who keeps letting their dog come closer and closer to say hi, even when it's obvious you're trying to lead your dog away. I don't know what's wrong with them, but it's becoming a major pet peeve of mine. Back to the irresponsible slash idiot dog owner with the tiny terrier. Reggie and I were in the elevator again, the door opens, and there is the little terrier sprinting straight into the elevator again, but this time... I don't restrain Reggie and let him do his whole lunging and snapping routine. The terrier sprints away at full speed and the idiot dog owner looks like someone just spit in his tea. He follows his terrier away from the door and Reggie and I get plenty of room to leave the elevator while the idiot dog owner is glaring at us. Reggie seemed to have taught them a lesson. I've only seen the idiot dog owner and the terrier twice since then, but they were finally waiting away from the elevator door. 
I mean, honestly, I'm glad OP taught them a lesson with the snapping dog, and then they didn't find out from a more serious means, like, God forbid somebody has a cart or, like, a dolly or something. Like, imagine somebody who's in a hustle and bustle with a heavy item, and your tiny terrier comes rushing in while they're expecting to just walk right out. This next story is, I found out my husband and dearest friend were having an affair. My ex-husband and I met when our best friends married each other. He was the best man and I was the maid of honor. After a couple of years, we all lived in the same community and had our four children in the same time frame. We hired my friend, let's call her Hobag, to be our attorney for our business when we thought about selling franchises. Hobag and my ex, let's call him Dog, spend lots of late nights working out the kinks in the contracts and more. One July, they had to go to New York for a week to interview prospective franchisees. Her ex-husband called me to say that he'd hired a detective who followed them and saw them all lovey-dovey and that they only had one hotel room. Well, since it was July and sizzling, her front right minivan window was open about two inches. I took it upon myself to puree a few raw shrimp with chicken broth and strain the solids out. Then I fed a long tube down to her rear passenger carpet and under the seat as best as I could. I didn't choose the front seat because it had removable mats. I then slowly funneled about half a cup of my potion down the tube. That week it was over 90 degrees Fahrenheit every day. It was ghastly. A triumph. Her husband and I didn't let on that we knew about their affair until we'd each had consultations with every good lawyer in our city and had our financial ducks in a row. Petty, effective revenge, I don't regret. Isn't it sad that things get to this point where you feel so sure that your partner's cheating on you that you go and hire a detective, a PI, to go and follow those people to New York? I mean, the whole setup in general was just too hard to believe, I suppose. Our next story is, teens are setting off fireworks 50 feet behind my apartment complex, waking everyone up and scaring our dogs. The complex I live in is close to an unused set of railroad tracks. For the last several weekends in a row, a group of kids have wandered down the tracks late at night setting off fireworks along their journey. This causes a lot of havoc for residents and their pets, as it's one of the few dog-friendly complexes in the area. As I was cleaning up behind my dogs the next morning, the thought of the dogs exacting petty revenge occurred to me. With a bit of practice, I was able to swing the pet waste scooper in a nice arc and release its cargo all over the tracks. By the end of the week, I'll have done this two times a day for two dogs, leaving 28 deposits scattered all over the track area. It'll be a minefield. As these youthful offenders sojourn down the tracks, they are all but certain to step in it and soil their fine kicks. To be fair, if you're going and walking down next to some railroad tracks in an area that isn't like necessarily developed or on a road, like if you have to walk a bit in in nature alongside a railroad track, you should kind of expect that you're going to probably step in something gross. That said, you kind of do wish that they would still wear their, like, expensive, nice sneakers and step all in this doo-doo. That said, our final story of the day is, My neighbor has a problem with me slamming my door. I've lived in this apartment for just over a year, and I've interacted with my neighbor three times. 
Each time, it's for him to complain at me that I'm slamming the doors and making the wall shake and it's really disturbing. In the first interaction, I apologized profusely, said I had no idea, said, oh, you should have left me a note or something. I don't want to be inconsiderate. I said I'd be more careful and asked if there were any other issues. He basically kept repeating, yeah, it just shakes the whole wall and it's really disturbing. I was horrified that I'd committed the heinous sin of bothering somebody. I'm a recovering doormat and also really confused because I don't slam doors ever. I didn't even realize he was talking about the front door at first and my first thought was, what is he talking about? All the interior doors are propped open because cat. I've spent way too much time thinking about this and figured out that when the wind blows a certain direction, there's negative air pressure in the hallway, which pulls the front door closed with some force, unless you carefully hold the handle the entire way and make the door close quietly. The neighbor's apartment is a mirror image, so his door opens the other way, and he may not realize this. It also seems to be more of a problem when I have my balcony door open. I have legitimately tried to train myself to never let the front door swing closed. You should see me on my hands and knees dragging groceries in and sliding them across the kitchen floor because I don't want to walk in with both hands full and let the front door slam swing behind me. But basic human doing your best only goes so far. And there have been two more times that I forgot and he came out to complain at me. After the second interaction, I was really bothered that he still seemed to think that I was slamming the door deliberately and I left a note on his door apologizing again, explaining about the wind thing and reiterating that I would do my best and it wasn't intentional. The third interaction went like this. I forgot my keys, ran back inside to get them off the counter and allowed the door to slam shut behind me. He came out as I was locking my door and said, you're doing it again. I said, I'm sorry, I'm doing my best. He said, it's incredibly disturbing and makes the whole wall shake. I said, I'm doing my best. What more do you want me to do? He said, stop slamming the door. He went back inside and I yelled after him. You know, it's not on purpose, right? You know, it's the wind. I'm a little oversensitive to people telling me that my best isn't good enough. My neighbor doesn't appreciate my efforts so I will no longer be making any. As of yesterday, I've started letting the door swing itself closed every single time. I may even be opening my balcony door ahead of time. And I think the dog needs a few extra walks today. And whoops, looks like I forgot something from my car. He is already upset. He's made a noise complaint to the office but I let them know about the situation before beginning my petty revenge. As far as I can see, I'm perfectly within my rights to allow my front door to swing closed. You know, like everybody else does. And that's what I'll be doing until he apologizes for being an ungrateful perfectionist jerk. Or until I move out in February. And on that note, it's time to take the dog out. Sometimes I think you just can't win living in close quarters like that. Some people are just not cut out for that kind of living. Depending on what area you live in, it's almost non-negotiable that you have to live in that kind of housing. But some people can just not thrive without that personal space. I kind of get it. 
but I wouldn't be some jerk being like, oh, you've got to do everything right for me. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.